Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Welcome, everyone. My guest today is lead analyst Logan Motoshami to talk about something we have all been waiting for, the Fed cutting rates. Logan, welcome back to the podcast. It is wonderful to be here, Sarah, because I think today is officially the first day we can actually legitimately talk about Fed rate cuts. Yes. yes, I'm so excited. I've been asking you about mortgage rate and and mortgage rate cuts for so long, and I'm very excited that this is the day. So tell us, why is this today? What has changed that we think that they might actually cut rates? So it, it's been a it's been a very interesting week on the markets, where you know Secretary uh, Yellen says, you know, we don't have to create a job loss recession. Really good job, McFly. Uh, in any case. You know, I think there's after the inflation data we got on uh, Thursday, the growth rate of inflation fell, you know, with a tight labor market. So it becomes a Fed issue with, you know, the growth rate of inflation falling a little bit faster than what they thought on the core side and then having the Fed funds rate this high. So I, <clears throat> I'm going to bring this back to our conversation one year ago uh, today where we said, there was a there was a Fed presser where Jerome Powell said, you know what, we really want the Fed funds rate to kind of match where core inflation is. You know, core PCE. Maybe three months, six months, one month, whatever it is. I was like, whoa, that's like a soft landing statement. I was I was even surprised. I thought they were gonna, you know, let real yields get very restrictive, which they did. But and then we talked about um who spiked the Fed's eggnog. Right. That was like a real thing. I was like, what what just happened? You know, toward the end of the year, something changed in their mind. And I think they panicked. Uh, And and then when you panic, you know, even with the uh, banking crisis, they kept on hiking rates. They kept on. Well, the growth rate of inflation fell. Jobless claims four week moving average is two hundred twenty three thousand around there. Uh, We're nowhere near the three hundred twenty three thousand. The unemployment rate is still low. and the growth rate of inflation fell. And we're not that far from their 2% target if we take three to five month, annualize it on a shorter term. And we have some disinflation things coming in the pipeline, used car prices coming down and uh, uh, rents coming down. So that's it. The Fed rate height cycle's over with. And like we've talked about here, if you look at the history of economic cycles outside of 1978, bond yields fall, mortgage rates have fallen almost 1% already. Um, so the next talk is Fed rate cuts. We're finally here. Where last year I didn't think that conversation even wor- worth uh, any merit, but now we can look into 2024. And already the market is already priced in like one and one and a quarter percent uh, rate cuts. And you know, um, Jerome Powell came out today and, and the speaker said, "Hey, you guys, don't. Oh, it's too premature." They're going to say it's too premature to rate c- uh, cuts until they actually see. Uh, what, what would trigger that? But we are already in very restrictive policy. If you look at five and a quarter Fed funds rate and core PCE 12 month at three and a half percent, three to six months or two and a half, roughly around there. So the Fed is already uh, in that. And I think 
what happened is hopefully this was the case when the 10 year yield went from four and a quarter to 5%. I think that was a, just a slap in all their faces. Whoa, 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 what, what just happened? You know, because then we really get restrictive, you know, at a time where we didn't need to be. And hopefully there is a change. There is a, there's a change from destroy, 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 hurt, pain, everything all, you know, when Jerome Powell says we need pain in the labor market. No, we don't. Right. Uh, and then now we could move forward. Right. And make sure that we don't take the economy into a U.S. Uh, recession and get things back down to somewhat neutral rather than being uh, uh, very restrictive. So you say um, that, so basically, if we did this, we would avoid a recession or at least a job loss recession. But housing has been in a recession since last year, last summer. So what do you think the the very specific impacts on housing will be? Here, Here's the thing. Uh, some people would say that the Fed is already too late. They should have been cutting rates already, or they should be cutting rates in December. So uh, I, I don't believe they move that fast. Um I have a whole different take on that, what they should do. But in this case, when I talk about the housing recession is let's look at existing home sales, pending home sales yesterday, near all time lows, right? When you think about a housing recovery, sales grows, credit grows, job grows, right? That's the existing home sales market. The new home sales market is growing double digits year over year because they're working off of a sub 6% mortgage market. So they're like, hey, like we're growing sales. Okay, we're still have single fail permits. That's not in, in the recessionary camp. But here, you need purchase application data to grow. You can't have it near all-time lows. Now, we've had four straight weeks of positive growth as rates go down, but you're going to need to see at least 12 to 18 months of sales rising, mortgage rates falling, sales rising. That's the post-2010 uh, housing market. Whenever mortgage rates fall, they rise. There's going to be an inflection point where we can't grow sales because of the affordability issue, but we have to get from, you know, near all-time lows in home sales back to something growing again. Uh, and Fed rate cuts, the growth rate of inflation falling, the 10-year yield falls, mortgage rates fall. What is that, Sarah? That's the slow dance, right? That's the slow dance between the 10-year yield and the 30-year mortgage rates in 1971. Those lovely, passionate Slow dance partners might even get a little bit closer together now as the 30 years, you know, the spread between the 10 year yield and mortgage rates. If that gets better, boy, you got a double whammy on rates then in that. And we've had people waiting for rates to fall to buy homes, right? Progre you know, a, a society progressing forward, rent, date, mate. That's how human civilization moves forward. Right. That's why I always talk about that for housing. Right. There's there's a reason for this. We progress forward in that we get sales to grow. And there you go. That will be a positive for 2024. Right. Uh, we took the brunt of the biggest mortgage rate hit ever. And this is a positive. Oh, my gosh. No, I am here for it. You know, I like to look on the positive side. So do you. But you are committed to whatever the data is telling you. And I'm like, no, I want positive. And so this is great to hear. Um, so, you know, you did mention that we had people who were waiting because mortgage rates were so high. So just going to you know, put a little marker in that mortgage rate lockdown, or as I hear it that's on the radio and other places, Sarah, the, that's uh, not a mortgage rate effect. lockdown. That is okay. not a mortgage rate lockdown. A mortgage rate lockdown was the premise that inventory can grow 
when no, mortgage rates fall. That's your definition of a mortgage rate. No, market. that's not. You're just simply talking about rate. Okay. You're just talking about when rates fall, demand rises. That's not inventory growth. Let's look at this. One of the things that you've talked about that, yes, higher rates are not are not good, but just the volatility of rates can also throw a wrench into the whole mortgage industry. And here, you know, while I'm welcoming the thought of lower rates, it was, what was it? Just uh, like, Five weeks ago, six weeks ago, we hit 8%. And then to have this kind of, you know, drop so fast, it, can you ever remember that happening before? Yeah, 2022. Well, <laughs> you know, in 2022, we went we, we went from three to, it's it's crazy. This is crazy. You know, before I die, I'm going to remember this rate thing. We went from three to six, six to five, five to almost seven and a half in one year. That's just nuts. And, and you know, tw- I, I, I always say this, 2022 will be the historic year in housing economics ever. Like that was just like a Shakespeare play, four different stages. There's, you know, that much different than 2008 or even different than COVID-19. But when I've talked to officials, I say, if you're, if you're a family, because most sellers are buyers in America, right? Um, and rates are moving so fast, you, you don't have a, what I call, a th- it's a third world uh, country mortgage market where things are so sporadic and how do you actually make a decision? Because once you put your house to sell and then you think, well, I I'm, you know, six, six to six and a half percent. That's that I can qualify for a house. Then. But all of a sudden rates go to seven and a half percent in, in a matter of weeks. You, some people are just not going to, not going to get into that uh, uh, market just because they can't qualify for a house with a higher rate. So if they sell their homes, then what do they do? They're like, wait a second, we were planning on buying. So stability is a good thing. Um, and hopefully with the spreads coming down and rates coming down together, you get a more stable market going lower. Uh, uh, and, and that'll be a plus because again, we, we, we need people to make choices and feel comfortable with their choices and uh, um, and part of this is that you can't list your house if you don't qualify. If you're a, if you're a, if you're that traditional seller that's a buyer, you go to your mortgage person, you get pre-qualified, you go, okay, I don't, I can't do this at seven and a quarter. I sure the hell can't do it at eight percent. But six and a half, six percent, I'm I'm good. We slowly move down to those areas. You get you get something right. Um, this isn't, you know, cutting interest rate to zero and doing QE or whatever, getting right. This is just moving down toward that 6% slowly and then everything's normal. And then we function as a society again, right? And it, it was sloppy. It was 2022 was sloppy. Having mortgage rates go from seven to eight in that very sloppy. We didn't, there, there's, this is where the Fed needs to like, realize, you know, you don't, you're fighting a war in the 1970s that isn't here. And I understand your legacy because a lot of Fed members are older and, you know, they think about death and what their legacy will be like. No, there's no, there's no, there's no, you know, gummy bear award you get for throwing the U.S. in a recession. And I'm going to be like Paul Volcker. I, you know, put people out of, you know, no. The misery index back in the late 70s and early 80s, Sarah, you would probably remember this more than I would, but you know, we had high unemployment rates, high inflation, right? Okay. Um, as a as a four or five year old, I didn't care, but uh, we're not we're not there. We're not there. The growth rate of inflation follows unemployment rate. It's leave that side of way and land the plane and start talking about 
well, you know, we can do rate cuts just to get less restrictive. I think that would be a po- that would be such a positive for everyone if they just said, you know, we're very restrictive now. We just want to be less restrictive instead of saying, oh, we can still hike rates. We better watch out. We will do it, man. We'll do it. We'll create that recession, you know, evolve from that and move forward, right? Because, you know, listen, people, the, the, there's a whole function of the U.S. economy that, you know, revolves around housing. For better or worse, whatever it is, this is what we're dealing with. So let's get things moving again. And don't, you don't need to fight old battles anymore, right? So land the plane, go forward and talk the market down. You don't have to say, we're going to cut rates to zero. Don't wait until jobless claims break over 323,000 and go, oh, maybe we have to cut rates down. No, 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 no. That is bad, bad, bad. That means you're too old and you're too slow. And we don't want that, right? So we know where we, 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 yeah, we, yeah, we are, we're at the stage where we can start changing the narrative and hopefully in December, we start getting the talking points that are a little bit different now. Okay, after two years of you know all that smoky jazz, let's move forward, right? Think forward, think positive, and uh, uh, do your best to avoid the recession, or even if you can't avoid it, minimize it as much as possible. Okay, so I just have to, I can't let it slide that you threw shade at the Fed for being old and me in this almost the same sentence, like, oh, you'll remember that. The problem is I do. I do remember the late 70s really well and 80s. So, you know, you're not wrong, but I did. I am clocking those, Logan Mudder. All I'm, all I'm saying is the facts, Sarah. That's all. <laughs> That's all I'm saying is that I can't remember. I, I, I remember I was four years old. I lived in Albany near San Francisco and... uh uh, yeah, uh, I, 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 I was thinking like Spider-Man and that stuff back then. So, but you would remember, right? Uh, uh, you know, gas prices were high, the inflation was high, I the unemployment, right? You know, so, so we don't, we don't have that kind of, and just, just, we just need to adjust and move forward, and, and hopefully, you know, I mean, it really was a mistake. But the ten-year yield going from four and a quarter to five percent. I mean, there was a reason why I had that ten-year yield peak at four and a quarter with the trend growth rate of inflation. We were going to be restrictive policy, right? So, of course, part of this is the U.S. economy grew really fast in the third quarter, and jobless claims started to go down. So that's not necessarily all the Fed's fault. You know, the economy actually outperformed. We we've talked about that. How do you get to eight percent rates? But going hawkish at that point was just, oh. God, what are you doing? You know, it's just like so frustrating. At this point, you don't need to do that. So I, I'm, I'm hoping they learned a lesson on that because this is why we always talked about the Fed president was like, what's going on here? Like literally they would be at a speech. I don't know why the 10-year yield is waking up. <laughs> Did you not read the Fed, you know, notes? So um, now we could just land the plane, talk differently, you know, give everyone a Merry Christmas on the next Fed meeting of it, and let's just move on to 2024. And sales are historically very low. We can bounce off them and progress and move forward, and people can start living their lives again. Especially in the mortgage and real estate industry. So let me ask you this. You put housing in a recession um, a year and a half ago, almost now. Uh, what point would mortgage rates have to drop to, to where you- 4.27 million existing home sales, Sarah. Four point. 72 million on existing home sales, or you get 12 to 18 months of positive trend purchase application data growth. 
and then we're there, right? Because the builders are already builders are already growing double double digits, so uh, that's good. But if we can get four point seven two million existing homes, a monthly print, not a total print, then credit growth has to get us there. So people will see this purchase application data will grow up. That's what you want to see, and you know, not go all the way down. God, we hit. What was it no doubt and gangster paradise and th- those are the songs you know don't chase waterfalls you know we're talking those those music uh, songs were the top hits back then when uh, purchase application data was uh, this year so we want a little bit more growth in the data line to get a little bit more recent to artists so we could refer the years to where purchase application data is okay i understand what what the number is to get out of the recession what is the magic eight ball mortgage rate number that gets us to that level. Well, here's a, here's a, here's a good uh, uh, number to think about when mortgage rates got to 6%, we had one of the biggest month to month sales prints ever recorded in history. We went from 4 million to 4.55 million this year. That was, that's a, that's a huge number. That's like something you see in the COVID-19 recovery. So there's that demand in there. So if you get down towards 6%, slowly get it down and don't go back up and forth, just move it down there. We can have monthly sales. We're not talking about total existing home, but you can have monthly sales prints at 4.72. When that happens, that means mortgage debt is growing. A buyer demand is growing. When you're out of a recession, you're in a recovery phase. That's what happens. Growth happens, right? Not what we saw this year where the Fed's like, housing's recovering. Purchase application data is a, you know, gangster paradise was the last time this song was number one when you was. So you need growth. And then it'll be it'll be easy to everyone see, right? Uh, that's why I was very skeptical of that first big print. I was like, okay, that could be the like the high of the year just because mortgage rates shot right back up. You know, we got down to six and then we went up to seven again. And you, you just need lower rates and lower rates were duration. This is why we always use the word duration. Right. And then instead of having 12 to 14 weeks of positive purchase application data, you have 12 to 18 months of positive purchase application data, like we've seen, you know, in the previous. And then we're there. And it's such a low bar. I'm telling you, we have the lowest bar ever to work from. So, so all you can do is go up. Right. We went to 8%. We're just hovering around here. This is why I always say that 4 million number for monthly sales is really rare to break through that. But now we got to move on to the next stage. And uh, uh, this is why I thought this week was very important. I, I know this is one of those weeks when a lot of my housing crash friends are like really depressed. They're just like, oh, they like, you know, you know, when your enemy knows that they, they're like, oh God, this is not, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, 4% rates, we're going to crash the market in prices. 5% rates, we're going to crash prices. 6% rates are going to crash prices. 7% rates are really going to crash prices. 8% mortgage rates, 30, 40% home price declines and now rates us. So um, there's a little bit of quietness from that crowd. It was just kind of funny. I kind of was like, where's everyone? Why is no one talking anymore? Darn it. So the joke on the joke on social media actually is, is that, a lot of the housing price crash people are like changing their tune. And is that a bad sign, right? If the bubble boys are saying, God, it's not happening. And they're there like, is that a bad sign? That's kind of the reverse market thinking. And again, forget about all of them. Forget about forecasts. Listen to us. We got the weekly tracker, right? We get it first and we'll let you know, let the data guide you on that one. But 
Um, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a very very interesting 2024, and I can't wait because you know this was supposed to be it for me, right? 2024. Um, I had planned on uh, uh, stop writing at that point. Uh, it goes with my housing work. No, but I mean, I'm just I, I'm just saying I had I, I had my my housing economic work was uh, divided into two two frames, 2008 to 2019, which is a very long economic tail work in the last decade. Okay, but then years 2020 to 2024 were going to be different, right? So uh, I've kept that for the 12, 13 years I've done this. So here it is, it's 2024, and the housing market took the biggest, you know, housing inflation affordability hit of its lifetime, and it's still kind of held intact. And now it would be nice to have a positive year on sales in 2024. It would be amazing. And actually, I would love to get back to those conversations we used to have about the demographic wave that's ready to buy homes. Yeah. Speaking of which, demographic waves, you know, the baby boomers in the late 70s, early 80s, that was them. What was the number one song back then? Do you remember? I don't know. <laughs> I don't no, know. You don't know? No, I don't know. Was, I was it Elton little... John or somebody? I can remember as a kid, but my parents listened to Elton John a lot. So Listen, the Bee Gees were very big. The, the Bee Gees were very big. I do remember that. You're so rude. BGs were big. Okay. <laughs> rude. So, so really though, like I can't wait till we can start talking about like, okay, we, we have lower mortgage rates for duration, which means the only, the only problem with that we know is that what does that do to home prices? It, it is, but here's the thing. Um, somebody, people keep on showing me these videos of people saying, oh, if rates go down, home prices are going to go up 10, 15, 20%. No, it's not. It's not we, we the what we saw in 2021 and early 2022. We got to remember uh, we we track inventory a little bit different than other people. We have the live weekly listing. Single family active listings got to 240 thousand in March of 2022. We had 75 percent of the market have multiple bids. Just because think about it, we have a country of 335 million people, or 157 million people are working. 240 thousand, right? Too many people. Chasing too few homes, right? This isn't like the housing bubble credit boom. Um, but that was like a sub 4%, 3% mortgage rate. I mean, we had 2.75 out there. So the mortgage rates were much lower back then. We're talking about could rates get down below seven and six with double the active inventory? I know the, the NAR has inventory still negative year over year, but when I look at it, you know, we, we've gone from 240,000 to you know, five five hundred eighty thousand. We're kind of we're kind of in that area, so we have more supply and higher rates. So I'm not worried about fifteen to twenty percent home price gain. I know a lot of social media people talk about this, but uh, different marketplace affordability still has uh, a li li limits there. So uh, I just hope that the days on market could stay above a teenager. Uh, get active. This is why I wanted 2019 inventory levels, right? I kept on proud. If we just get 2019, we have a buffer, right? If we have a buffer, if uh, uh, rates fall back down, and here we are, we're almost in Christmas, and even with eight percent mortgage rates, home prices still got back to all-time highs. That should tell you something, people. Right? It was always a supply issue, uh, and uh, we'll t we'll take it one week at a time. Every every weekend, we'll let everyone know what's going on in the data uh, because we have it. But in any case, I'm not worried about. A 2021 repeat. We're so far from sub three percent mortgage rates uh, out there. Affordability, in a sense, is getting better on the sense that the growth rate of pricing is not going double digits anymore. So wages rise. You know that equilibrium works together. But uh, I'm not worried about that. 
It has been the craziest three years. I mean, really, the craziest three years. I was uh, just on another um, show, and we were talking about <clears throat> when I joined Housing Wire, we would never have somebody like you, an economist, an analyst on, you know, so often or, or, you know, just writing for us because it was that long 10 year period where not a lot happened. I mean, a lot happened in housing, but not, not like this, not like these crazy ups and downs. So you didn't have the right person in the previous decade. That's what you're saying. <laughs> now you have your readers informed, right? Yes. Just no, for everybody, to, just for everybody to remember uh, housing wire when they first hired me was toward the end of 2019, like the last two weeks. And here's years 20 and I'm all excited. I'm like, this This is the five-year period I've been waiting for for 10 years. And housing broke out before COVID hit us. And then COVID came and uh, some crazy analyst wrote a COVID-19 recovery model on April 7th, 2020. And at first, Housing Wire was thinking, do we really want to publish this? Everyone's talking about depression. It's like, no, you wait for this date to happen and this data line and this is the mad scientist went off and we're going to get here and everything's going to be fine and great. We're going to recover in 2020. So thank you for allowing that to be public. And uh, again, we track economic cycles and models. It's not the most exciting thing, but we try to make it as fun as possible. And we try to destroy as many American bears as we can while we're still on planet Earth, right? Economic cycles come and go, recessions come and go, right? But all American bears have failed since 1790 for a reason. And you don't want to be part of that crew. I love the conviction you say that with, and we're very happy that you wrote that and that you've chosen to write for us. And I know that a bunch of our listeners, because they reach out to you and they're like, it was because of you that I pulled the trigger and bought a house in 2020. Otherwise I was going to miss out on it or 2021. So, you know, this is real life information and this data can, can really make a difference. Yeah. And we are going to have a Unbelievable nerd tour next year in 2024, right? Uh, uh, lots of cities. And uh, we always say the live presentations are just different, right? We try to make it as exciting and entertaining, but as, as informative. So all of you could talk to your clients in a way that makes more sense than what you hear out there. And again, my problem has always been that the academic world has allowed the social media world to create a false narrative about the US economy very happened very uh, big time in the last decade with the longest economic and job expansion here it is covid right our job is to tell the truth now i just don't think economists have the personality like me who want to throw down 24/7 but the live events the live events are entertaining enough but educational enough that you yourself can easily explain to everyone what's going on. And we remember, we believe in economic models and numbers and all the things and reading and everything that all nerds love to do. We just do it with a little bit more flair. Okay. I'm going to put in a plug for the gathering then, because that is the our new event where we've combined the Gathering of Eagles and Housing Wire in, Annual into an amazing event in April. You are going to be one of our keynote speakers. Uh, Mike Simonson is going to be on the stage. We've got tons of great people. And you and I are going to do another live podcast show with the audience um the last thing of the conference so um come prepared everyone yes but and you need to put you need to put that video up about me be see me beating you about the mortgage rate lockdown because especially the part where you ask people like how many people thought i won and we saw maybe like two hands go up and i was like that's was what dark, we need it was a dark room logan you couldn't see all the hands i saw more hands. i could see everything yeah i saw i saw two maybe three i saw one person kind of like oh they're like oh no 
Y'all don't believe him. You go listen to it for yourself and then tell me what you think. Logan, thank you so much for coming on. Excited about this next um, little bit, what we're going to see economically and what this means for our industry. Um, Thanks for sharing with us. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to take a minute to rate the show and leave a comment. And make sure to tune in tomorrow for more news and insight. 